Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another episode of the Manic Movie Misfits Podcast. I am your co-host, John Phillips. And I'm the other guy, Trevor Chick. And it is another beautiful, amazing, outstanding sauna Sunday. That is true. I can't remember. We've, we've gotten We've done enough of them where I'm just not going to quantify how many we've done per episode. But... For those of you that are wondering what Sauna Sunday is, just to give an update, to give a refresher in case none of you have, I guess this is your, this is your first Sauna Sunday, which, which if it is, congratulations, you're a part of something big and bold and, and creative and fun. Yeah. <laughs> and, but anyway, so what we do on Sauna Sunday is we get our favorite cold beverages, which mine is currently over there on the coffee table and I need to go get, so hold on, while I am getting that, getting that beautiful drink. You I can, can tell you about mine. You can tell TJ can tell you about his. I am also here. Um, I'm just drinking canned guava nectar because it was in the fridge and I haven't had one of these in a while, so I was like, "Why not?" That is a good, good reason. But the so the reason he TJ has that drink and why I have uh, hibiscus Lacroix is I guess it's hibiscus, whatever. LaCroix is because the whole point of Sauna Sunday is this room that we podcast in, it gets kind of hot. And so our thinking was, well, saunas are hot. And so might as well call it sauna. And then we kind of added Sunday to it because not only because it's released on a Sunday, but Sunday and the weekend is kind of associated with chilling and just vibing much like a, much like uh, the environment in a sauna. So therefore, we are on Sauna Sunday. We talk about whatever we want to talk about, just like people talk about whatever they want to talk about when they're in a sauna or chilling over the weekend, whether it's a controversial topic, referring to movies such as, I don't know, what is the best whatever of all time. TJ and I had that discussion actually last podcast, which was kind of fun. Last Sauna Sunday, I should say. The podcast before was the Seinfeld episode, which if you haven't checked that one out, be sure to check it out. It was a fun one. We talked about nothing, so be sure to give it a listen. But before we... Well, let's just let's just see what happens here when I ask TJ. Let's see TJ's response. This, this is very important. Listen hard. Mm-hmm. The, TJ, your response will affect where this podcast goes so this is a big deal this is the butterfly effect yeah so this is a big deal you're gonna have to put a lot of thought into your answer because if you don't then this podcast could turn out terribly and if it does we know who to blame it on which is you so okay so so this is my butterfly butterfly uh whatever butterfly effect choice pretty much tj how is life how are you doing it's pretty good can't go wrong uh just working doing my Usual summer thing. Nice. Mostly just chilling, though, so. Good. Well, we, unfortunately, are, we are more chilling than creating, much like our guy, Brian, and Brian (laughs) and Charles. Did you like that transition? Yes. Good. TJ and I just watched that today. It was, it was a Sundance, it came, premiered at Sundance. Oh, the movie's called Brian and Charles, just so you know. That's right, that's slightly important. Yeah, just a little. (laughs) 
it is about a guy who is lonely and isn't isn't doesn't have a lot of friends and he likes building stuff and creating stuff and i guess this documentary team or someone behind the camera yeah it's like a mockumentary it's like a mockumentary thing. thing someone was documenting all this his lonely life and his creations and eventually he creates a robot out of a bunch out of a, an assortment of items including a a broken down um washer and uh yeah it's it is a fun quirky movie and i've said before on the podcast i've talked about this movie before on the podcast because i saw it on instagram and i was just i liked the vibe and i liked brian and i liked charles i like both of them <laughs> so i told tj yo tj you want to come watch this? And TJ, yeah. of course, being the movie guy he is, was, told me, of course, John, are you an idiot? And he even he <laughs> even almost hit me upside the head, guys, which is kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. uh, he almost hit me because I, I had to ask that. <laughs> yeah, I, I started throwing cans of LaCroix at him. And I was like, you damn fool. <laughs> yeah, that's why we don't have the camera on now because it, you would see all the bruises that I have on my face and my body. Yeah, all, all the welts. Yeah, all the welts. I, I, I don't look very good, all thanks to TJ. So anyway, after TJ hit me multiple times with cans of LaCroix and cans of whatever. We ended up going to the movie, and it was very much what we, I think, both expected, or at least I expected, which was that quirky, fun, small movie energy. vibe, energy. Yeah. I was going to say, it was it was a fun time. I, uh, I mean, it's definitely a very under-the-radar kind of movie, just kind of... But, I mean, it was fun. I really enjoyed it. It's definitely different. It has its own quirky little humor that is something else, man. <laughs> front, 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 front. That's the thing from the movie. I did really enjoy their choice to go with the mockumentary style and yeah. the first person. I don't know what, what is that called? First person camera, whatever movement. I don't know. Technique. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. It's what they do for mockumentaries and essentially. Yeah. I did like that because I think it added some spice to the film and added some humanity to it i will say as well from adding the camera as a character adding adding the humanity to a very heartwarming and like we said quirky film very enjoyable i'm glad i saw it on i and i literally saw it on instagram yeah and for those that don't know or those that want an idea on kind of the full scope of the film or more detail on it, you can check out their Instagram, the focus features. That's who produces it. Their Instagram. And you can see the trailer. And then also there's several funny promotional clips, including one where the robot reads off Twitter responses to the trailer, <laughs> which is just TJ point. Show me that. And I thought that was really fun. <laughs> yeah, that was really fun. It's, uh, it was definitely, yeah, it, it, it's just a fun movie. Can't go wrong. It is. And then what else? Oh, we've been we've been watching Star Wars stuff, and mm-hmm. we've been watching the Miss Marvel show uh, episodes as well. Yeah, we just finished episode five of Obi Wan and episode two of Miss Marvel. <sighs> I don't know if I want to get into this now, or I, I, I'll Go save it, it for when we. No, get into it. But Hop then it's going to take away from the recap of the show when we do a recap thing of the entire show. Okay, give the. Or maybe I'll give him something. Yeah, give it, give him a little t- like a taste test, <laughs> a little tease. Yeah, I'll be honest. 
this show is is not it doesn't feel like Star Wars. The Obi Wan show at several points. It mm. yeah, I, it's not. It's doesn't have that cinematic energy. Star Wars energy that Star Wars normally has. And I just man, it's I don't know. It's hard to get around. Yeah, it it, it feels. I I feel like it turns around a little more towards the end. Uh, at least with the, at least with this one, this fifth one, episode. By the way, I it is definitely the best. It is the best episode of the show so far. Oh yeah, I mean, the the fifth episode is where it truly finds like its action and its, uh, just like it, it's it's pacing and stuff like that. It, it truly knows like how it wants to be, like through and through. The rest of the episodes don't, <laughs> and it's either it has an idea, and it springs with it or like the idea of it's really dumb and then like but like it's not awfully executed with the other episodes what will happen is it'll go on this one trajectory and then it will bring up five billion different possible side paths where leia's randomly bringing up past memories that have nothing to do with or something or there's some sort of conversation going on that has nothing to do with what's What's at hand and then it kind of throws you off a little but with this one it is very much what at least i thought the original timeline of this show was going to be it actually gets to the heart of that and therefore makes this latest episode better so if any of you are hesitant out there to start the show watch it if anything so you can get to this fifth episode and this and definitely the sixth episode because from art that has been revealed from the show and what we've heard from the car- from the cast, apparently, supposedly, and I think it is confirmed, there is going to be an incredible lightsaber fight between oh, yeah. Obi-Wan and Darth Vader. So if anything, watch the show just so you can get to that. There's There are only six episodes, so it could, shouldn't take you incredibly long to get through them. Yeah, and I mean, it's not like it's bad, bad to like... No, it's not a bad agenda. show, no. Yeah, but, I mean, the yeah. last, like, two episodes are, are, like, or at least for what we've seen and what we're going to, we what we feel like we're going to see, oh, dude, it's fantastic. It is. I, it's, I, I guess if I were to say, if I were to describe the, uh, the, le- uh, the level of the show in one word, I would say it's. I would say it's it's mediocre from from mm. what at several points, especially from my initial my antici- especially with my original anticipation for the show. Yeah, I, I for me, I think it, I just say all right, kind of on the yeah. same level words. It's not bad, but it's definitely not the best Star Wars you'll ever watch. Gosh, there are some some of the dialogue, man. Yeah, is I, is just not good <laughs> yeah i mean it's definitely interesting like because i feel like one thing that really happened with this show was uh just i mean i think it was just like a collective like fandom thing well i feel like 95 percent of the people overhyped this show where i think everyone was so hyped about obi-wan and set such high expectations that like it, it's not that it's a bad show now but like also, it was just like it was so. Um, 
I don't know. I just feel like a lot of people are just like, it, it should be this thing, and here's how it should be done, X, Y, Z. And then it happened, and everyone was just kind of like, eh, it's okay. <laughs> but, I mean, that's kind of warranted because it is just okay. But It is just okay. And I really, really hope they're not going down the MCU path with the show specifically, which yeah. is release 5 billion of them per year and not necessarily focus on the quality nearly as much. Yeah. Because if they do that, the good thing is they're not they're not tampering with the movies, they're taking their time with the movies. That is good yeah. because that will ultimately help will uphold their cinematic value. Yeah. Unlike some of the Marvel movies we've been watching recently, which we've already gone in, we've already gone through that conversation. If you want to listen to that, our thoughts on that, I think it was last on a Sunday or, or one of the episodes in the past recently. Yeah, we, we've, I think we've talked about it a few times, Talked about it a few times. So hopefully they don't take that route and they haven't, they, I don't, I don't think there's any signs that they will. Cause they definitely are taking time with those movies. Yeah. Uh, their Taika's is up first. And like I said, he's going in, he, he commented recently that he's going to go in a completely new direction yeah. and go expand and expand on the star Wars universe, which is Taika, you the man, because I Honestly. think we've all been wanting that for quite some time now. Yeah. So to see him do that is, is really comforting. And then also the other thing I'll mention because I'm sort of going slightly back on what I just said, but but not necessarily because it is expanding, I guess, on the Star Wars universe in somewhat new in somewhat new air in a somewhat new area is Andor, mm. the show, yeah, yeah. which that fortunately does look cinematic from what we've seen from the trailers. Yeah. So I'm very interested to see how that goes. Yeah, I think uh, Star Wars still has a lot going for it in terms of like just like grand scale kind of set pieces and like shows because i mean they only have what one trilogy and like two movies lined up taika's then you have the ryan johnson trilogy and then what's the third or what's Uh, the other one the rogue squadrons or whatever the patty jenkins is that right yeah also i I don't know if taika's is going to be like a full trilogy or not no no it's not it's gonna be a movie it's just not okay okay I, could, I couldn't remember if it was or wasn't because I think it originally was going to be a trilogy. And then I th- oh. think they canned that and it might be just be a sequel. Or a, and a they actually learned from this last trilogy or? I don't know. I don't, um, and, I and, and, and I guess what I mean by that is not necessarily the quality because I do think the quality is higher than a lot of other people. But I'm just talking purely from the standpoint of right. not making trilogies every single time you want to make a Star Wars movie. Yeah, I think... I I don't know exactly what the plan is with that one, because I thought originally I heard it was going to be a trilogy, and now it's a, I think it's a standalone. So I, at this point, I have no clue. Mm. And, um, whatever it is, I'm here for it, and I'll definitely watch it. But yeah, <sighs> I feel like that's a, that's a thing with a lot of Star Wars, where it's just like like a lot of the stuff in the gray area, where it's just like, is it going to be this or is it going to be that or what direction is some of this going to go? It's a lot. It's very gray area, which I mean isn't a bad thing, but um, I mean it, I feel like it's hard to pinpoint what some of this stuff is going to be, like especially with like that. And I feel like the the Marvel equivalent that that is like Blade, where it's like who good is that, good connection is that going to be a movie or a show? What is this? Like at least say something. Say more than it's in development. It's going to shoot. 
They haven't said what it is. They're just like, it's coming. Wait, they haven't confirmed Blade as a movie? No, they haven't said it's if it's going to be a show or a movie or what. Interesting. They're just like, it's a thing. And it's going to film. And I'm like, what is it? <laughs> maybe they did, but for a long time it wasn't anything. Because I always thought it was a, they announced it as a movie, but maybe they, maybe it was very, maybe it was yeah, unspecified. Well, yeah, because when they announced it, it was at the end of the press conference, and they just brought out Mahershal Ali, and he's like, that's Blade. This thing ended. And everyone was like, Okay, so it's going to happen. Like, a year went by. They didn't say a damn word about it. They were like, we hired, oh, we hired this writer. Okay. What are you hiring to, him to write? A show or a movie? Yeah. Nothing. <laughs> Not a thing. It's just, it's just a little weird that, like, they're awful, oddly quiet about it. It's just like, it's not hard to just say, oh, it's a show. or Oh, it's a movie. But, like, there's nothing. It's radio silence whenever they get asked. Something like that. It's really weird. Blade is one of those things where I I would be fine with a show or a movie. Oh, I same. I'm very interested to see where they go with it. But yeah, I don't have a a preference for either. Honestly, with with especially as long as they get the vibe right, which is yeah. very which should hopefully be more Daredevil like and yeah, not so very, much oh, very kind of like grungy, dark kind of show or movie. Um, yeah, I mean, uh. The Wesley Snipes movies aren't amazing. What are you talking about? They're, they're, I've heard that, I haven't seen them. I really should see them, but. I've only seen the first one. That one scene where they have the CGI his eyes. <laughs> oh, in in uh, Blade Trinity. <laughs> so for those who don't know, Wesley Snipes isn't the best actor to work with. God, no. As far as director actor relationships or just cast and actor relationships are concerned it got so bad in the third one right third, the third blade one, movie yeah that he wouldn't open his eyes for a scene yeah so they had to cgi it <laughs> so they had to cgi his eyes so they looked open it was it's it's one of my favorite movie facts just because of how stupid that is and how funny that is it's it is truly, truly great. Oh my gosh, Wesley Snipes, what a guy! Whoa, sorry, I'm looking at who made, like, who directed some of these Blade movies, uh, and I, I remember the second one is uh, Guillermo del Toro. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. He did the second one. What? And the guy who directed the third one helped write uh, the Dark Knight trilogy, uh, Man of Steel, Batman v Superman. Uh, Ghost Rider 2, of all things. The greatest Marvel movie of all time. Continue. Exactly. Uh, the last Terminator movie. Greatest Terminator ter- Terminator movie of all time. Continue. I heard that one was actually kind of good. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, the one with um, where they brought back Linda Carter and all that. Yeah, I heard it got bad. Re- it got bad reviews. I thought no. I heard it wasn't. It wasn't the best one, but it did. It, it by far not the worst one. Oh. Because the thing about Terminator is, like, the first two, classic. You can't go wrong. Three, it's okay. It's it's kind of like Alien 3, where it's, like, it's it's not awful, but it's definitely not on par with it. But it's two. secretly the best movie in, in, the, in the franchise. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, Rise of the Machines is something else. <laughs> and then there's Salvation, which is in the future with uh, Christian Bale and all them. Like, it's the war with the machines. No one likes this movie. How? It has Christian Bale. It should be the... 
Best of the best. Yeah, exactly. But it also has Sam Worthington. So oh. that's saying something. Okay. Um, actually, that one, I, actually, I feel like that one has a decent fan base to it, where it's like, it, some people think it's okay. Mm. And then there's Genesis. Oh, my God. That movie is abysmal. Oh, boy. Everyone hates Genesis. Because they rewrite, like, half the lore over the course of, like, 30 minutes. And they make John Connor a Terminator. What? Exactly. Yeah, right? It It's awful. It's bad. Um, huh. Like, it's not a bad, bad, like, a poorly made movie. Like, it has some, like, decent effects to it and stuff like that. But as, like, a from writing standpoint, it's... Everyone hates this movie. It's abysmal. But they also bring back Arnold Schwarzenegger, so... And he wasn't there for the previous two, three and uh, four? He's in... Uh, he's, he's not in Salvation. So he's not in four, but he's in three. Yeah. So they bring him back. And then he's in the latest one. Yeah. Or is that the one you were just talking about? And then Dark Fate's the recent one. Got That's it. That's by the director of uh, uh, Deadpool. Oh. Tim Miller. Um, Isn't Sean Levy going to direct the new... Yeah, he is. He's going to direct the new Deadpool. The latest one. Yeah. Because him and Ryan Reynolds have started to become a, like a actor-director duo. duo. Yeah. Um, does he have any other movies lined up? Sean Levy? Mm-hmm. Or is he just playing Well, on? I know. So... Because I know he's working on Stranger Things. He is, of course. He's, he was an, he's an OG producer on that show. Yeah, he directed a few episodes in the new season, actually. He did. I think he directs the most of the third and fourth chapters for every season, I believe, is what I heard. Okay. Because yeah, I, I realized I, I saw that he did some of the stuff for this season, but I don't. I haven't checked to see what he's done prior seasons. He is an extremely fun director. I'll say that. Yes, he's made. He has a a very fun filmography and a successful filmography by really by by many metrics. Yeah, and I've I've I always have a fondness for him because he created one of my all-time favorite sort of late childhood movies, which is Real Steel. And speaking of Real Steel, where I was what I was going what I was going to get to earlier is he it was reported that he was going to be a producer and they were going to start looking to make the Real Steel show because they're going to make a sh- yeah. uh, I think a, I, I don't I, I might be getting this wrong, but something like a 10 episode show on this the Real Steel universe and yeah, all the fighting that. that goes on with the obviously the real steel robots and everything, and he was he was obviously there for going on as a producer as he should, considering he directed the original. Yeah, but that's all I've heard from the show since yeah, it's, it's and it's been a while. I'm hoping they continue with that because I there think was I heard something about it recently where they um they they mentioned something about it being made, and I was like, that's that's something I haven't heard about in a long time. Mm. I forgot the headline, but. I remember hearing about it moderately recently, and I was like, "Okay, I'm here for it." I mean, I, I don't, I didn't, I would, I was the last to watch this movie out of the group. Just, I, 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 because TJ, TJ doesn't like movies, so we had to get oh, him to yeah. really. Took yeah. a while to get him to latch onto it. Um, yeah, everyone, you and Emerson were just you. You kept raving about this movie for years, and I was like, "I've never seen it." And they, I, I feel like one night you guys were just like. We, we this is enough we have to watch it we did it, oh it, it's a fun movie i i can see why y'all love it um uh, and when i saw that there's gonna be a show i was like 
I'm here for it. I'll definitely watch it. It's obviously same here, but what is so great about that film is they it's it has that really cool future futuristic um aesthetic mm-hmm. where it's not too much, but it's just glimpses of it here and there, whether it's the phone, like the iPhones, because Hugh Jackman kind of has that see-through iPhone, yeah. or of course the big thing is the robots themselves and fighting with the robots for the boxing stuff. I love that they're, that they are going through with this show because it really, you, you can't, there's so many different avenues you could take. And another thing I think I really love about the movie too is the, is it's how it's ultimately kind of like a, a father son bonding movie wrapped yeah. in a futuristic Sci-fi robot movie. boxing yeah. thing. It's just, I love That's it. Great. It's great. The, all the, the, I love all the different intricate designs for the robots. You have twin, I think it's, it, it's uh twin cities was the, was the red yeah. one, I believe. And my favorites, noisy boy. I love the noisy boy design That's of the so purple cool. and the red. Dude, so I, cool. I can still geek over that for the rest of my life. It's, it looks so cool. Oh, I just looked up to see how many episodes Sean Lovey did for uh strange things. He's done eight. Okay. So it sounds like I'm right. I might be right with the three and directing three and four. Yeah. Two a season. Yeah. Uh, and he's, the Duffers have done 19 episodes and then it looks like everyone else that's coming to do one has done like two, uh, which one of them is a writer on a bunch of Pixar movies. Hmm. Uh, Wally, Finding Nemo, Finding Dory and Toy Story 2. And then he directs Stranger Things. I forgot Finding Dory was a thing. It's honestly not that good. (laughs) I, I can imagine. One of them... Interesting. One of the directors is a director on Westworld, the cinematographer for The Wire, or one of them. And then she also worked on uh, The Wheel of Time, that that's crime a, show. That's a popular show. Yeah, I heard it was pretty good. And then um, one of the other big directors worked on made the pre- or the third Predator movie. Mm. I, I don't know. Is that good? Do you know? It's not the best one, but it's still, I mean, it's, it's a big credit, I'd say. Then the, uh, one of the director made uh, some big new horror Netflix show called Archive 81. So they, they've gotten some good directors to come in and do some episodes. In the Duffer Brothers we trust. Honestly. Because they are, I can, re- I, I'm so glad, and I'm basing this almost, not almost purely, but for the most part off of that Wired video where they talked about all the references they have for their, oh, yeah. their show, but just the way those two guys are extremely nerdy love all the 80s movies and 80s culture that they infuse that they love and infused in their show just makes me love this show it's hard to quantify how much i love this show because of because of them and obviously the quality of the show itself but the the care that they take with it the time that they take with it which seems to lack with uh, many people and many different franchises which i will not mention because we have mentioned them many times already maybe a little too many times <laughs> maybe too many times so their their the care that they have for the show their love of cinema oh, and yeah. their appreciation for those that have come before them not only in the references that they make in the show but just them talking about it on videos like the wired wired video they did where they talked about 
all the references in their in their movies and it's just hard not to like those guys oh they're so fun yeah they they, they truly know how to make a, uh, they know how to do nostalgia well whether it's um like with references or just like um or just like like set design and stuff like that they always know how to like make it infuse it into a fun story uh whether it's uh kind of taking the ideas of nightmare on elm street or aliens or something like that or making jokes about like newer old coke or like dial-up phones or uh, dial-up computers or stuff like that like they know how to really bring it into the plot make it interesting but also understandable for people who don't know what the hell they're talking about um yeah they, they really know how to build that nostalgia and i mean it's so fun it is so fun they and another thing too is not only are they executing that nostalgia well they're making it beneficial to this to the plot of the story itself yeah. It's not just, oh, we're going to set it in the 80s, because we can set it in the 80s. Yeah. There's purpose behind that. Yeah, it, they uh, they really bring out all the 80s, all, all the little 80s stuff to make it even, and it really adds to it, like you said. Like, no 80s reference goes, like, unnoticed or whatever, because it all adds in its own little way that makes it even cooler. It's pretty cool that they've even ventured into referencing all the big shows at the time magnum pi miami vice i believe they mentioned knight rider as well i think so they mentioned quite a few of those iconic 80s shows that aren't really talked about today and they just it is true they fully they embrace it which is which is cool because and obviously research can fix all of this but they weren't they were born in the 80s but they didn't really get to be a part of it because they were i believe they were born in 85 or 86 Mm, so so like, they, they, they young by the kids. time they were old enough to remember a lot of this stuff, they were well into the 90s. But they yeah. talk about just going back and watching all those movies on VHS of the oh, yeah. all the 80s stuff. And I mean, it's not they're not too far out of that time. You still have like somewhat you still kind of have semblances of that time in like early 90s when like you start to remember that. Uh, I mean, like you still have VHSs and uh, like early computers and like a lot of that kind of look and feel. Um, but I mean, it is a different decade and music and all that changed. I mean, just look at Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. Yeah. Busted onto the scene in 1991. I two? believe so. Yeah. Something along those lines. I mean, can't go wrong with the Funky Bunch. You know, people talk about Mark Wahlberg and their, and they, in their conversations. Oh, what's the best Mark Wahlberg performance? And we'll say, okay, maybe it's the fighter or the departed or the whatever, departed. but it's secretly his work in his music videos where he takes his shirt off every time, all the time. Yeah. Those are his best acting performances. He never has a shirt on. No, no, never. I didn't know that he did that one iconic song. Good what, vibration. Yeah. I didn't realize that was him and that That's one Marky and that lady. Mark. I was like, what? That that has to be their most popular song, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, have they made? Has, has there been any other big Marky Mark yeah. songs? I don't think so. No, no, like nothing to the caliber of that song. But I think the first time I heard that song was in Encino Man. Shout out <laughs> Encino Man. Uh, I'll get, I'll see their Spotify. Stop wheezing on the juice. Um, Wheeze the juice. No, no, stop wheezing the juice. 
Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. That is a lovely scene from Encino Man, by the way. Well, how how good was my my voice work there, TJ? Ten out of ten. Yes. Okay, so yeah, I'm looking at their Spotify page. Good Vibrations has 52 million streams. Uh, their next song called uh, Wild Slide, only one million. <laughs> And then everything past that is under a million. 52, 52 million, you said? Yeah. That's a pretty big deal, right? Or no? But that's also just like the album version. There's probably like the, uh, like when they added into like a bunch of compilations of like here's 90s music. It's probably in those, and those probably have a solid chunk of views, like, or not views, uh, listens like added up. So. Is 52 million a big deal for. For any singer or no? Is that... I mean, it's... It's a decent number. I mean, um... It's... For the caliber of song that's, that that song is, I mean... It's it's a very famous song, so... I'd say it, something around there would be pretty good, but... I mean, what does, uh... How many does Blinding Lights have? By the weekend? It just passed three billion. Damn... That's crazy. For some reason, I don't know why I, again, I could have passed for growing up in the 80s, and you guys will understand this with what I'm about to say. For some reason, I keep, when I think of The weekend, I think of Future. I, I, I think of calling him Future first, and then I and then I have to take a second and realize, oh right, that's The weekend, not Future. Even though I have no idea what Future looks like, but somehow I associate him with Future. Uh... I have problems. Future heads. I don't even remember what future looks like. I don't know why. I'm just. I see the week and, and my brain immediately thinks future. <laughs> I don't know. I have issues, but hey. Oh, that's future. That's what he looks like. Oh boy. Okay. Speaking of music, I learned yesterday that um, a song that you love uh, is produced by Pharrell Williams. That and I love. Yes. Hmm. Um, he's the guy that did the I'm Happy song. Mm-hmm. He did the song that was overplayed in like 2014, yeah. Did, didn't it debut on the Despicable Me 2 yeah, movie? For, yeah, for Despicable Me. Or for, is it the first one or the second one? I think it's the second one. Dude, I remember that. I, I That's kind of crazy, though. Yeah, it that, um, that song destroyed the internet for so long. It did. That... That was mi- our middle school years, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it would have been yeah, 2014-ish, so. So sixth grade, maybe? Something. Uh, seventh. Seventh. Seventh grade. I know my years. Trust me. That was um, a big deal. I listened to that song quite a bit. I'll, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I, I, I just remember, like. I was a basic white boy at times, yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean. Well, there. Phone's going off. Sorry, um, TJ, my phone interrupted you. How dare it? Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, it, it was, it's a catchy song, but I, th- I feel like at one point it got so overplayed and it kind of just stayed in everyone's like playlists. I was like, oh, no. And then now everyone's just like, I don't like this song. I, I think there's a, there's a famous tweet with Pharrell Williams and they're just like, this song got so overplayed and it became, like, became hated and it was just a picture of like, happy on Spotify. And Pharrell Williams was like, yeah, I feel that. <laughs> How many, while you're on your phone, how many view, how many listens does I'm Happy have? 
Uh, I'll check you in. I'll check in a second. But okay. oh, the one song I mentioned, uh, the Tokyo Drift song. Of course, that is yes, the greatness that is. Yeah, that that's produced by Pharrell Williams. That is legendary. Uh, but yes, Pharrell. I wonder if you know how and if in Tokyo. I'm not going to say any more lyrics so we don't get copyrighted. Anyway, you know the song. It it's is. a jam. Uh, Happy has just over a billion. Okay. So um, that's. That is a pretty big deal, then. Yeah, I I think yeah, that's his top stream song on Spotify. Let's see, he's part of a, another band. Yeah, he's uh, part of a band. Mm-hmm. He, or oh. a group. Oh, it's called Nerd. They mm. have like three albums. Um, <laughs> Nerd. Hey, <laughs> funny. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's definitely his biggest song. Is that song? Interesting. You know, we actually have our own band, TJ, called the Yellow Shirt. <laughs> yellow oh, Shirt. Yeah. What, did, what did we say it was? The Yellow Shirt Club? Something like that. It's me, TJ, my brother William. We were all wearing yellow shirts today to mm-hmm. see Brian and Charles because we wanted to look... Spiffy. We wanted to look spiffy. We wanted to look like we were part of a cool club. And I think we accomplished that, honestly. The Cool Kids Club. The Cool Kids Club. What can I say? I, I think we are going to... That is our band name. And we actually do have a song out tj just does not know it yet because oh. he was drugged and <laughs> i was sedated while the production of the song happened all all, T, all the only contribution that tj made is william was lifting up one of his hands with the drum with a drumstick and he was hitting it on the drum i was on hitting the, a little symbol yeah on a little symbol that's right that is right but man Oh yeah, while well, I was sedated, I was hitting, I was like little dinging the old triangle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you were. The one thing I'll mention about Brian and Charles that I didn't yeah, want to forget that I mentioned. We didn't really talk about it. We didn't really talk about it because we're terrible people. But no. <laughs> but hey, I just sometimes I have to say the truth. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. The establishing shots in that film were were really neat. They were so cool. They were so cool. And I love the location, too. I don't know where that was filmed. Uh, I think it was in Wales. Wales? Yeah. But the whole... I thought that was... They were all really crisp, had a simplicity to them. Much like, I guess, the story, sort of. But I just... That, that really... I More and more now, as I watch films, I've looked out for that more of just just the beauty in the world shown through the camera lens in different oh, yeah. films, and this film is Does that not yeah. unlike other other films that I have watched for that, and I, I that immediately hooks me in and just makes me appreciate the beauty of Earth and just yeah the c- scenery. It's, it's great stuff. Oh yeah. Um... One film that really does that work, like it, it takes its time with establishing sh- establishing shots, is uh, the Revenant. Need to see it. Yeah, little Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. Uh, Fights does, off a grizzly bear. Yes, he does. Uh, that show or that one does just a ton of like cool establishing shots, and it's so cool. It's well done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. The, the, we we saw Brian and Charles. At a small, at one of the smaller theaters, yeah, in where we live, and it's the same theater we saw Parasite at, mm-hmm. which is a hell of a movie, of course, one best picture. Oh yeah, TJ, what are some of your other thoughts on on Brian, Brian and Charles? Charles? Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, like I said earlier, I thought it was just a fun little movie. Um, I thought, I mean, for its mockumentary style, I thought it was it was pretty well done. I like I, I like that it was just kind of like it felt like there was, it was just a GoPro attached to someone while they walked around and all that. It added kind of just like a oh you're sitting in the room watching people. I mean that's kind of the point, but I felt like it, it, it felt amplified with that movie. Um, I will say the. I am not familiar with any of the actors in this production. Same. But the guy that plays the that evil dude, Eddie, I, I think his name is. Oh, yeah, the, the bad guy. Yeah, him and his family, they do a great job of making you pissed off and just hate them immediately. Mm. Yeah. Dude, they, I, I I hated them with a passion, especially yeah. towards the end of that film. I, just, I, mean, I wanted to leap out of my chair, just run to <laughs> try and find them on social media. Or try and find their the fictional characters somehow, some way. Get to them. Maybe I have to leap through the screen and into the film itself because that's a thing. Oh yeah. That's and I just know. wanted to beat them up because yeah. they were just so annoying. But then, well, stuff happens. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they were. I thought. I thought they were really well done. Um, I had something I was gonna say. It's not. It's refreshing seeing this kind of movie after watching all these blockbuster and big budget films. Yeah, because it just it kind of brings you down to reality in a sense, as far as watching films are concerned and filmmaking. Yeah, and I don't get to see. We don't get to see many. Sun, I don't personally watch many Sundance films, so that was a that was another treat. Kind of entering that world again for for the second or third time. I haven't watched many of those films. And just a well well done. I understand why it made Sundance for sure. Yeah, it was a unique idea, and and obviously it got in because of the hula dancing scene. Obviously, where Charles the robot puts on has a makeshift hula skirt and does the hula dance. That alone obviously got it into Sundance. Of oh, course, yeah. undoubtedly, of course, it was it was a fun experience. And then next weekend. This next weekend coming up, we're, I guess we still haven't entered the weekend technically, we have our boy Ethan who – okay, sorry Val. Val, you're still going to be our honorary actor spotlight person, but Ethan Hawke, I'm sorry Val, he's my, you might, you might, you two might have to share. I, I, obviously, share you both are listening to this right now, but as far as uh, actors that we adore – Ethan might have to jump in with you, Val. I'm sorry. That's just kind of how that works. It's just the way it is. Just the way it is. But we're watching... It's Black Phone, right? Yeah, it's called The Black Phone. Yeah. A horror movie. Ethan Hawke's in it. I haven't seen much. I've seen a little bit of the trailer, but I'm mostly going to go in just... Blind. Blind, which I've started to do more and more now, and I really do enjoy that. It makes it so much better. It does. makes it so much better. And then we're also seeing Elvis. Yeah. With Austin Butler, who can't stop talking like Elvis. Yeah, um, <laughs> we're double featuring yeah the Ethan Hawke horror movie and the Elvis Presley biopic. What a pairing! We're seeing yes, we're seeing Black Phone first. The Black Phone first. Yes, um, that one, and then Elvis later in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'll be a fun weekend. I've done more. Have I done how many double features would this be for me? I think this is. My oh, third like in time. Theaters? Yeah, in theaters. This is the third time I've done a double feature because the first time was the PG thirteen version of the de- of the second Deadpool, 
Mm. And Into the Spider-Verse, terrific yeah. film. And then I saw the the Northman and the Nicolas Cage movie on the same day. Oh, with her, I forgot one. We did um, Jojo Rabbit and Doctor Sleep. That's correct. So I've done four, and then this will be this will be my fourth: the Elvis and the Black Phone. Okay, I was gonna say I think I've done a few. I can't. I I I've done all of those ones with uh with you or doing the same thing. Um. Oh, I did the Green Knight and. Uh, Suicide Squad last summer, mm-hmm. which was fun, and then I think I would, I think I'd watched like Civil War or something at one point. I can't remember. It was a long time ago. Ones yeah, I remember though, those are the ones I've done. Yeah, it's double features are interesting because they they can sometimes make your sort of your energy and vibe kind of make it askew and yeah at, at which i think it's worse for some people than others others don't really have that issue but i definitely sometimes do i'll be honest but i'm pretty good at just sort of going resetting my my palate and going in yeah you just gotta have like 20 minutes or something in between mm-hmm. kind of digest get ready um i mean that's the way to do it it is it really is well, TJ, it is time to end this thing. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, we hope you enjoyed our Sauna Sunday episode where we talked about a variety of different things. Next week, TJ and I are going to bring five questions for each other. Mm, yeah, yeah. We're going to ask each other five questions. They can be they can be an array of things as far as our, our favorites in cinema or just our thoughts on cinema. I'll corner TJ to answer some really weird questions because I'm just that mean of a guy. Oh, I see how it is. <laughs> and and he has he's forced to he's forced to answer them because I will force him to <laughs> force him to answer them. It should be fun. Don't know what we're doing for movie of the week yet on Wednesday. We'll figure it out. Not a clue. Not a clue. Maybe it'll be it could be Indiana Jones, the first oh, Indiana yeah. Jones movie, because Oh, that's another thing we're seeing. We're actually seeing three movies. Oh, no, we're seeing no, we're seeing one movie on Sunday. Sunday night, which is the first Indiana Jones movie, which I am so excited for. Oh, same, yeah. I mean, I've grown up watching that movie for forever, and seeing it in the theaters can be so fun. It's going to be. It's one of those films that is is enhanced. Not nearly as much as maybe a Lawrence of Arabia would be enhanced in the theater, but still it is oh, yeah, a movie I mean, that isn't that is certain aspects of it are definitely better or are are shown better on the big screen yeah it's still a classic movie to watch if you get the chance yeah well for that guy over there tj that's me and this guy over here el juan we'll catch you on the next episode of tj put your headphones back on for a second oh one second because this is this is the third time i have played this sound to end the episode and you haven't you've had your headphones off so you haven't been able to appreciate the greatness okay you ready yeah i'm ready all right we'll catch you on this next episode of the manic movie misfits podcast we'll see you next time see ya do it again fly inverted nothing's playing what nothing played for me are you serious yeah wait can you hear my voice i can hear you
Do it again. I can't hear that. Fly inverted. What? Okay, forget it. Bye. <laughs>